Welcome to Creative Leadership with Heart, the podcast where we dive deep into the world of creative leadership. I'm your host, Regan Nassol. Join me as we explore the transformative impact of heart-centered leadership in today's creative and design organizations. Hey all, hope you are having an amazing day. Uh, today, I wanted to talk about the dreaded imposter syndrome, which you probably saw that in the title already. Um, it is a hot topic, and along with mental health awareness, more people have been identifying with imposter syndrome. I saw it in myself, I saw it on my team, saw it in peers around me. Um, it's, it's something that's more well-known and more studied. Um, so let's, let's talk about it today. And first, let's quickly define what it is. And according to Oxford, here's the Oxford definition, the persistent inability to believe that one success is deserved or has been legitimately achieved as a result of one's own efforts or skills. Um, so it's a mouthful, but it kind of gives you an idea. But let me explain how it showed up for me, and maybe this will help give you a more pointed definition. So um, not humble brags, just to set the stage. I've had some pretty big success in my life. So whether that was you know launching video descriptions in 2008 at Zappos, or introducing new forms of promotions at Netflix when originals became the focus. And I always actually felt like I was lucky. I felt like, oh, Zappos, Netflix, right place, right time, right? Like, lucky to be there. Um, and that I just had ideas. I had good ideas, but I was in the right place in the right time. And I had this fear, though, even though I had success and had these great ideas and, you know, made things happen, I had this fear of speaking up in meetings because... I always felt like I didn't have anything intelligent to say or that somebody would think what I said was dumb, um, then I'd get fired and they'd figure me out, figured out I'm not as smart as they thought I was. Uh, I always felt everyone else at the table was smarter than me and that my perspective wasn't right or it didn't matter. I don't think that way now, but that's how I thought then. And I don't like this concept of people are smarter than you. I don't think smarter really is a thing. I think people are more experienced at things. So I wouldn't say someone is smarter than me at operating an excavator. I just have never done it. So they're just more experienced than me. Just like they shouldn't say that I'm smarter at them in technology because I'm just more experienced with them. Given the same amount of time doing the same things, I bet you would be just as good. So um, that being said, I felt that... <laughs> That, that way, when whenever I was in meetings, that one day, everyone will find out that I'm not as smart, I'm not as talented, or I'm not as inspiring as they thought I was. And on top of that, I didn't know why everyone kept promoting me <laughs> and giving me more work to do. Like, I was so confused. Like, oh, we want to promote you to, like, senior manager. I want to promote you to director or whatever these things. Like, sure, okay, um, I'll do it because that's what's best for the company and that's what you're all telling them. That's what I should do, right, as a... What, what society kind of expects us to do, you get promoted, you continue to move up, right? That's the only way to grow. Um, so, and I didn't understand it, but yet I still did it. Uh, and the whole time I thought, don't they know that I'm not that good or as, or as smart as they think I am? So it wasn't until I really stopped, worked with my coach and took stock in my own journey how far I had come, and the things I had been able to accomplish in that that amount of time. And whether it was Zappos or whether it was Netflix or anywhere in between, I was the common denominator everywhere I went. 
all of the success I had in my career wasn't because of people I brought with me. I didn't bring engineers from Zappos to Netflix. Or I didn't have the folks on Netflix that I, that I needed at Zappos or vice versa. I had different teams every time. And the thing that was common is that I was a driving force behind my own success at each of the companies I was at. And it took me a lot of work and a really long time to come to that realization. Um, you know, but I'm just, I'm happy that I did. It, it allowed me to grow and develop and move on to things that, some bigger things that I'm doing now. So, so the only one that was really going to find out that I was a fraud was me. <laughs> Wasn't anyone else, it was me. It was my, the story I was telling myself. I needed to discover for myself and do my own work to prove to myself that I am smart, I am talented, and I really do inspire others. And the proof was in the pudding. Just look at my track record. For some reason, I was unable to see the connection with my talent and the track and my track record. Call it what you want, whatever. Imposter syndrome, I just couldn't do it. So that was a long story to walk you through how imposter syndrome showed up for me. And it was it was pretty bad and at the highest levels. Um, you know, the more I went up, obviously the more I dealt with it. And I think eventually it ended up convincing me to leave certain jobs because I just couldn't take that pressure of any more of, of, wow, I have to live up to this thing you're telling me I am when actually I was the thing that they were telling me, which sounds confusing. So yeah, like I said, it took me a, a lot of time and work to get over it. But in doing this, I actually tried to simplify it for my team's and for the others around me who were dealing with the same exact things I was. So I came up with this helpful acronym that's easy to remember, and it's WORTH, W-O-R-T-H, WORTH, because imposter syndrome comes from an unhealthy level of self-worth. If we don't think we have the right skills, the right talent, or the smarts, we are imposters. It usually means we have to work on our own worth. And I know for a fact for me, it was I had a very low view of myself. I didn't think I was that smart or talented. Now I do. Now I understand my worth. And I validate myself. I don't need external validation. So going back to worth, W-O-R-T-H. So here it is. W is for when. When do these things happen? What are the triggers to make you feel this way? So is it in meetings with certain people? Uh, is it certain time of day when someone calls on you and asks you a question like when do when does this happen o is for observations what do you notice about yourself how are you feeling why are you feeling this way are you anxious are you afraid try to understand the actual reaction that's going on in your body and understand maybe what are the things that you're telling yourself r is reality so this does double duty. Reality is imposter syndrome is real. Over 70% of people, according to Gallup, have dealt with it at some point in time. So know that it's real and it exists. And then the other side of reality is what do you know for sure? What are the facts and what are the stories that we're just making up? For example, the one I used earlier, do I know for sure that I'll be fired if I say something dumb in this meeting? Do I know for sure that I will say something dumb in this meeting or will I say something insightful? I know for a fact 
because all the times before that, nobody has ever said I, what I said was dumb. Most of the time, people nod their heads, they say they agree, or they build on it. So the reality is, I usually have something insightful to say, or almost always have something insightful to say, but the story I was making up is, I'm going to say something dumb, and I'm going to get fired, and they'll find me out. So that's reality. T is trust your skills. You have talent. You wouldn't be where you are without it. You don't just get promoted or invited to meetings on accident or because you're lucky. The truth is you earned your seat at the table and you have to recognize it. If everyone else around you recognizes it, what is it about you that you can't see it in yourself? So that tells me right away that there's inner work that needs to be done because if everyone else around me sees it and I don't, what am I missing? And the last one is H, help. When you need it, ask for help. Like I said, 70% or Gallup said 70% of the workplace has dealt with it or is dealing with imposter syndrome at any point in time. So ask your leaders, ask your mentors, find a coach, work through the things you need to work through and nothing will change unless you change. So whatever help you need, whatever that looks like, go get it, go get the support that you need. So that's now how I help folks with their imposter syndrome. I helped it with people on my team. I helped it with the leaders I was grooming. And it's, I do that with the clients that I have now. I have a journal. If you're interested, by no means is this like, you can if you want. I have a journal to help you work through it. And you can go find it at regonasol.com slash leaders to download it for free. It should help you with this acronym of worth, help you understand the observations, the reality, and trusting your skills. So go ahead and download that if you need extra help. And understand we all make up stories in our heads. We do it all the time. It's whether we believe them or not whether they are true or not. So my question for you is, who would you be without that story? What can you do to change that story? These questions should empower you and help you move beyond. If they don't, hit me up. If you're curious, I can help you. But that's it for today. That's all for this episode. I'll see you in the next one, or I'll hear you in the next one. Take care. Thank you for checking out Creative Leadership with Heart. Make sure you like and subscribe if you enjoyed the episode. We have a lot more content coming out. So if you do like, if you subscribe, you'll get notified when we have new episodes. All right, take it easy. See you in the next one.